Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your co-host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And I'm J.P. Miller, coming to you from rural Virginia. Guys and girls, today is episode 133. J.P., the number three is of major significance this week in the episode number 133 because... We've had some technical difficulties this week, and this is actually the third time we've recorded this episode, so I hope we have it right. It should be absolutely perfect by this time, wouldn't you think? They say third time is a charm, so uh, here we go. <laughs> we, uh, we're trying to get it for you folks. We a little, we had some tech difficulties, and I'm dealing with some, some sickness here, so if I sound a little rough, I apologize. I'm going to try not to cough and snot into the mic or whatever, but... Uh, we're coming to you, and we're going to bring you the show as always. I like it. It's a little delayed. It's a little delayed. We would have liked to have gotten this episode out to you on Valentine's Day, but we expect most of you have lovers to accommodate, so you know maybe this isn't uh, that big a deal. But um, you know, so hopefully you guys had a good Valentine's Day. You know, I think a lot of us would expect like to have for the perfect you know, partners, at least for guys, would be that uh, Mona Lisa character in My Cousin Vinny. What's her name, JP, the uh, the actress? Uh, was Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, Marissa Tomei. Oh, man. She's face of an angel, body of a devil, and knows exactly what Pontiacs come with pause attraction rear ends in the late 60s. It's a, it's a pretty good combo. JP, it's a really good combo for a for a car guy's girl. So uh, that you know, but on if let's say this, let's say Marissa Torme is off the market for some reason, this isn't a bad second place. I I, I heard this. I'm gonna let our listeners listen to this as well. and I truly don't understand why it's that hard to remember. I know. I'm sorry. You should be sorry. It's pathetic. And when I get home. I expect to see something in our driveway that can go zero to 206 seconds, or you're going to really see me flip out. That's what we want, JP. We want somebody who demands a six-second car in the driveway all the time, or she's really going to flip out. I I mean, I think that one, that one deserves the wife treatment. What do you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, hopefully, all of you had a good 
Valentine's Day, you got through it, um, and it, it all worked out for you. But uh, So now you can listen to the Fast Bracket Show and, and really just get back into gear. We will say this. Um, we, we ask about... We ask about uh, the pseudo segment we have in the what is weird in the world today, and we got we got the responses were about 50-50, Frankly, um, the responses that came back were kind of 50-50. Some of us said, "Hey, just stick to drag racing, stick to our classes," and some people said, "Hey, I kind of like it. it. It's funny. We we appreciate the comic relief from time to time." So it came down. It came down to one man, David Ferguson. Grabbed me at uh, the Pro Superstar Shootout, and it, he was the final vote. My man is a longtime listener of the show back uh, back in the golden days. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but uh, he's a longtime listener of the show. And he said, pill it. Keep it rolling. Pill that thing. It's good to know what's going on out in the world, especially since our media today seems hell-bent on lying to us at every turn. And uh, so he said, pill it. So that's what we're going to do. David Ferguson, appreciate you listening. And you were the final vote, my man. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pill it. Not every time. But uh, when there's weird stuff, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk, talk about it. And we're going to pill it. Like I said, we got the jet box out, drilled the biggest jets out to the biggest size we can. And we're turning all six kits on with this deal. We like it. That's what we do. All six kits, JP said. Love it. Hey, speaking of six kits, we've got it for you today. We've got a great guest on. He's a multi-time guest, Darian Bosch. He won the Pro Superstar Shootout in Top Sportsman. 50 stacks to my man, and he uh, just a, a great, great drag racer and a guy that, uh, you know, is a star in our sport so we're happy to have him on he's going to come on later and talk about the pro superstar shootout and his win in top sportsman so get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show make your commute clean the shop work on that old heap but metaphorically speaking get your helmet on get strapped in because here we go all right it's time to get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box, heat them up, and talk about the hot topic of the week, which was the Pro Superstar Shootout presented by Johnson's Horsepower Garage. My man, JP, it was awesome. This event was unbelievable. You watched it at home. I was lucky enough to make the trip down to Bradenton, spend a couple of really nice days in 75 degree sun, Watch some unbelievable drag racing action and a historic event, truthfully. I mean, it was the first of its kind, and it was really, really good. We had Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock, Top Sportsman, Stock, and Super Stock running at the event. And Victor Alvarez, uh, owner of Bradenton Motorsports Park, had that place looking great. And it was just an overall fantastic event. Yeah, from all accounts, it looks like it's going to be probably one of the biggest events of the season. Um, everybody who I've talked to so far said they really enjoyed it, and uh, some people are saying it's one of the best races they've ever been to. So it looked like it was going to be – it's going to shape up to be, like I said, one of the biggest events of the season. 
JP, I said that. I told you it was the best drag race I've ever been to in my entire life. And it was. It was. I've been to the U.S. Nationals. I've been to big money bracket races. I've been to a, a fair amount. I mean, not. There's 422 active drag strips in the United States today. I, you know, I don't know if I've been to 50 or 60 of them, but it was the best drag race I've ever been to outside of, you know, actually holding the steering wheel at. I mean, it was, it was great. The weather was great. The, the competition was great. There were no major accidents, no major delays. I mean, it went on time for the most part. It was, and then at the end, you got fuel cars at night, which was spectacular. Yeah, that's always good. And, and that's, that's one great thing that I saw that they've done by bringing the fuel cars out at night um, just gets the crowd involved. And, you know, who doesn't like seven foot flames up over the hood, you know, of a funny car, just, you know, it's awesome. That, that's the spectacle that, that we need to get back to as far as drag racing for everybody to see. Yeah, there's no doubt. And longtime listeners of the show will, will tell you that I have pounded on this soapbox for a long time. I've said, if you live within 150 miles of Indianapolis, your job is to get to Friday night qualifying so you can watch the fuel cars go down the track at night. And I know there are other places that do that as well. So, you know, uh, take that into consideration and make that happen. But it is, it is something that just simply does not happen in any other form of motorsports, and it's just awesome. You know, you, you, it's, uh, it's like, you know, real-life fireworks, I guess, is what it'd be. I mean, it's 4th of July all the time is what it is. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and um, they had a great field of cars um, in every class down there, and it just – Seemed like the guys were down there going for it. Uh, a lot of big speed out of the field cars, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just um, like I said, a great event. Hats off to you know everybody involved: Drag Illustrated and West Buck, and uh, you know Bradenton Motorsports Park, and pros, the pro guys. I mean, it was just they came together, put together a great event, and I think that. If uh, if I'm in HRA, I think I'm taking notes on that and kind of seeing, you know, maybe looking at the areas where I can improve my show. That's what I think is interesting about this event, right? I don't think there was any particular uh, challenge from the pro group, but but you know, I think if you're the NHRA, you almost have to, you know, feel a little bit of that in some way, right? Like, hey, this is normally what we do, and now you're doing an event with, with all our 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 stars. So, that was kind of interesting, um, you know, for a group that has not done an event in the past. They they pulled it off perfectly, and uh, you know, certainly probably have a greater respect for what NHRA does on a week in and week out basis. But at the same time, showed the NHRA that hey. If, if you're not willing to help us, the stars of your show, then we'll do it ourselves. And and it went unbelievable. And I've kind of argued for a long time that maybe an eight-car field is even better from a fan perspective because three rounds is a pretty reasonable time frame to have your attention taken. And four rounds is probably on the outside, and certainly five rounds is out of bounds completely. If you just take – terms of like an nfl fan attention span 
you know so from that standpoint i think three rounds was really really good uh pro stock obviously can move their show a little bit quicker so that's good but for those guys that have to take a little bit of turn they did an eight car show it was unbelievable and frankly i think it's next year assuming they do it next year it'll be even better because there were cars from all across the country and i think what a better way to have a you know spring break or a chance to get out of the cold than to go down there and watch some drag racing in bradenton it's on my list to do already for next year jp oh yeah definitely i'm definitely making gonna make plans to be on the premises uh for the next one and um yeah i I think that um i I guess it's probably something that's gonna i'll just say that neither group said anything about either way but you know you behind the scenes you kind of knew one group was wanting to be successful and one group might have been feeling some (laughs) kind of way toward the success of the event uh Bobby Bennett over at Competition Plus had an interesting article on the whole thing, so if you want to check that out. But uh, I think it summed it up pretty good. Um, yeah, but yeah. like I said, it was a good it, it was a good race. It was a great race by all accounts. And um, what they done and the way that they pulled it off and for everything to run on schedule and getting done, you know, relatively early on a Sunday, I think it was hats off to them. Um, I think a lot of other series could could take a page out of that, out of that playbook and kind of implement some of those things and, uh, you know, make the show, tighten the show up and, and make it a little bit better. Well, I think if we're going back to just the flames uh, at night, I mean, should we mandate bullhorns? Is that what we should do? Should we mandate bullhorns on the night every ProMod car? Listen, I'm all for bullhorns. <laughs> um, you already know my man Dan Ferguson. You know, he, he'll, he'll be right there leading the charge with us, so. I like the Flames. Uh, I get it. I mean, maybe the Zoomies are a little bit better performance, but I like the Flames. So if we can get the Bullhorns, you know, if we can get three, four foot of Flames shooting out the sides of these things all the time, that's the way to go. Yeah. Nighttime qualifying. I mean, what could be better than that? Yeah, there's just something about drag racing on a Saturday night that is really good for the soul. Really good. All right, let's put this thing in the beams. On with us now, coming back for a third time. He's been on episode number eight, and he's been on episode number 60. My man is your 2000 Top Sportsman World Champion on the NHRA side, and he recently just won the Pro Superstar Shootout, sponsored by Johnson's Horsepower Garage, Top Sportsman championship for 50 girl please welcome back darian bosch darian how are you my man oh i'm doing good mr rex how you doing well i'm not nearly as good as you but uh i was able to spend a little time in the florida sun like you and uh oh yeah i'm feeling good baby i'm feeling good but not nearly as good as you hoisting a trophy and the big big check Man, I can't be mad about it. It was definitely uh, any time you get to go racing in Florida, it's going to be a good time. Whether it's a vacation or you're there to be real about it, I mean, there ain't nothing better. You said be be real about it because uh, I'm I'm guessing you have the same image in your mind down in Bradenton. It's got a 
sign right on the starting line that says Real Street. That's where it gets real oh, yeah. down there. And uh, I think yeah, sure is. I think you have kind of a similar appreciation for that track as I do. Probably so. I mean, I've uh, I've went uh, for the New Year's race a couple times, and uh, we've been there testing a couple times. And I mean, it's 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 a great uh, racetrack. It's uh, very reliable. Everybody knows the surface is great. There's a reason they have uh, the fastest quarter mile door car run uh, ever, and the fastest now mile an hour for a funny car ever. So, uh, I mean, there's a reason they got all that. And shoot, I mean, I'll I'll keep going back if they let me. As long as they have the gate open, I'd keep going. Right. Yeah. Well. Well. Speaking of that, let's let's talk a little bit about the Pro Superstar Shootout and what. <laughs> What drew you to that to begin with? I mean, you it's, uh, right. you know, there's an entry, but the big check at the end, but it's also a bunch of killers sure. that showed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, man, it was definitely, uh, it was a little bit of a different kind of atmosphere, you know, because it was invite only, which is, of course, not what we're very used to in these classes. Uh, granted, it's something we do a little bit down here more often know with this no time racing shootouts and all that kind of stuff i do with the truck uh, at home but um man it was just a little bit different i mean the purses were uh, way way bigger and uh it seemed like pretty much everybody who who uh really knew they could win showed up and the racing was tight i would say and uh i mean it it really didn't get any better than that yeah, I don't I don't disagree with any of that stuff. Um, you know, first first things first, you guys you guys got four qualifying passes. There were twenty eight cars. You mm-hmm. did your normal yeah. stuff, which is run right up at the top. Um tried. How, how were how were those qualifying sessions for you? Did you feel pretty good at that time? Like just like, hey, we're right where we need to be in the weekend, or do you have anything that you needed to thrash on a little bit? So we had went, uh, we actually went to Bradenton when they had the U.S. Street Nationals, uh, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. We went that week and we went and made a couple runs there with my, my car. We made uh, five runs and that really um, threw me ahead of the curve for sure when we got there because uh, they didn't have any testing for us. They were testing for the pros there the week of but they didn't have any testing for us so pretty much you had four runs to get it figured out which seems like a lot but when you're going this fast in a door car and you have one issue after another it can kind of i mean it'll bite you Mm. and it sure did bite a few people there um but we so really uh qualifying we went 619 619 and 620 uh lane to lane day to day and uh, we skipped the fourth run because, personally, I don't really feel like you need four runs. And it was already right there, close, and I didn't really see any reason for me to make that fourth run. Um, at that point, it just kind of feels like I'm putting more runs on my car that I don't really need. Um, of course, you know, because we got a bunch of racing coming up this year. But, uh, no, I'd say in time runs, I'd say we were – I mean, we were close. They – they didn't really have a number one qualifier bonus that was anything really worth it for me to wick it up further for, but 
Um, well, I mean, the car was great all through qualifying. Uh, knock on wood, it did a great job, and you know, it made the uh, Saturday racing a lot easier for me. Yeah, there's no question. Um, yeah, you you laid down laid down some really nice laps. I saw those, and uh, just for our listeners at home, you've always driven Haas cars. Is it still your Haas Camaro mm-hmm. that you're running in? Yeah, so so it's uh, the same 2018 Jerry Haas uh, car, and uh, the only thing that we've changed about it since we got it, um, I finally got the shocks freshened after six years, uh, and I've put a Mark Mickey three-speed in the car. Um, oh, okay. I We only have door cars from uh, Mr. Jerry and all them at Haas, and uh, man, they just build, in my opinion, they build the best piece for what we're doing. Um, they've Man, they've given me a great car. Any kind of help I need, they're always there for it. Um, but, yeah, still the same old Haas car, and uh, you're definitely getting a little love and affection after this weekend, for sure. <laughs> right. Well, uh, that's the that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. Just change your shocks every six years, and uh, you'll go right to the winner circle. That's, uh, that, that's the key right. to it all, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, uh, well, you know, there were great racers down there. I mean, it, it, the money brought great racers. And then in the semifinals, you had, you had four guys and yourself included that have won world championships. And that's uh, pretty impressive. So that, that semifinal round, you had to be looking around going, what did I sign up for here? Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much whenever I was rolling up for the semis, you know, it's one of those feelings where it's like, man, like I don't really I don't really want to run any of these people, but <laughs> man, then you kind of remember that you've done the same things that they have to a degree and um you know, it's kind of time to put up or shut up and uh it's something where you just I mean, it's like they say, you know, this is what you train for kind of thing. Yeah. Um Granted, I got away with a run that I shouldn't have won with, and I kind of knew it when I drove by the tree. Um, but obviously, everything happens for a reason, and we just made a better run that round. But uh, no, I mean between uh, Brandon Miller, Sandy Wilkins, and Jimmy Lewis, I wasn't really thrilled about making a run beside anybody. <laughs> right. Those are uh, well uh, all done it and proven. They can right. do it, and, and yourself included. Right. So and what I thought was great was um, the fact that, A, when you guys made your first round, it was, mm-hmm. I think, and I, I'm such a bad historian, but I think you guys made your first round passes in front of the most people that's ever watched a top sportsman first round. I mean, certainly you've Probably you so, ran yeah. in, in more people in front of a final <laughs> round but not sure in the the first round. Do you think that's that's fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was probably either first or second round. I honestly can't remember either. Just like you're a bad uh historian, I can't remember anything. I don't even know what I had for lunch earlier. But um <laughs> no, I know we we certainly did run in front of the biggest crowds that our class has ever probably ran in front of. Um and man, which is super cool. Cause I mean, you get to roll up in the water and 
and you look around a little bit and I mean, you see people all around you, but at the same time, you got to kind of put that out of your mind and know that whether those people are there watching you or not, you have a job that you have to do. And mm-hmm. it's time to, uh, look, you know, at what's right in front of you and really nothing matters when you're up there besides those bulbs on that Christmas tree, how you let go of the button and what you make it look like at the finish line. Right. Well, what you made it look like at the finish line in the final against Sandy Wilkins, who, you know, made a, a fairly solid pass. I mean, they're not, I don't think Sandy's, yeah. you know, going home thinking he really mucked it up, but you, you go double O two one above five yeah. to, uh, I mean, just close the door on him. That was an incredibly yeah. impressive run in the final. I mean, 002, did you feel like uh, when you got back to the trailer, did you say, man, I might have set that up a little tighter than I wanted, or did you just feel really good about letting go? Well, so uh, me and Sandy have actually been waiting on that run for uh, the better part of three and a half years. When I was chasing the world in 2020, they had moved the uh, uh, the Atlanta national event to Gainesville. And mm-hmm. me and him, we were sitting there in the water. I mean, I think the cars were even running. And um, it just started pouring on us. We never could get the final round off. I think we were one of the only finals from that race that didn't get off. And uh, we just, I mean, we just never got got where we could make the run and you know it was pretty much by the end of the year at that point and uh but i know for that final round i was set up pretty tight and i know for this final round i was also set up pretty tight because um i mean sandy doesn't suck he never has and probably never will um but no i mean it was just i mean it was a final round that i mean i didn't really want to mess up either but um no, I know I pretty much, you know, I got up next to him, I don't know, probably probably around a thousand feet, and you can definitely tell he he dropped. Um, and I'm not that brave on the brakes with this car, so <laughs> I uh, did not. Um, but uh, by that time, I kind of felt like I had killed a bunch, and I just kept on lifting. But um, no, it was yeah. definitely a good final. Um, I mean, it was going to be closer regardless. He was probably going dead on. I was probably going dead on or a little bit under. But, um, no, I mean, it was it was a good race regardless. Yeah, you you killed almost 10 miles an hour compared to what you'd yeah. been doing uh, earlier in the event. So uh, you, right. you definitely scrubbed. And do, do you feel like – Yeah. Uh, this is a more technical question, but with the blower, do you feel like you can rip a little bit or is it just pretty much – get there and then let off. I mean, I've heard different stories about people can rip right. with the blower and some people are like, ah, now you, you hurt stuff if you do that. Well, I mean, it kind of depends really, but for, for me, the uh, main reason why we like the roots blower so much, or at least why I like the roots so much is, um, I mean, with the mechanical fuel injection is if you're off the gas, it's off. If you're on the gas, it's on where it's different from like my vortex setup where man, when you're lifting and as soon as you hear that blow off valve, uh, let the boost out, you can pretty much kiss it goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, with that roots deal, I've, I mean, I've been lifting with that same, same kind of setup forever and ever. And, uh, granted we've broken parts, but 
nothing showed that it broke because I was pedaling like that. Um, I've had people tell me I'm going to break everything under the sun. And I mean, I've broken a lot of stuff, but not, not from that, I would say. Um, but I mean, no, no, I don't think it's really any issue. Um, I mean, if you have it all set right and it's built right, I don't, I don't think it really gives any more issue than doing a burnout, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's, uh, but either way, I mean, it's got to be that way because if I can't drive that way, God help me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, it's a, yeah, part of the secret to your success. I appreciate that insight because you do. You've, you oh, have a, a blower, uh, you know, in what your standard in your car, and then you've got the vortex in the dragster. So you've right. got really good feeling for both both setups. That's, uh, that, that's really yeah. great stuff. So, um, you get to win, then you go through the lights, you get, you see the wind light and that's, that's gotta be a great feeling. Um, and then I'm sure there was a little bit of a split, but you get, you get what, you know, a big payout for top sportsman. I think that's the largest payout in top sportsman history as well, which is really cool. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I know there's been some twenty th- granders and things like that, but for fifty grand, man, like that had to feel like yeah. a, a pretty good trip back to Louisiana at that point. Man, I mean, for a uh, well, you know what really got me there first was why I was so excited for that race. You know, a quarter mile door car race is always. I mean, that's that's my favorite thing in the world. If I had to pick any one thing I could do forever. It would be to run fast or cars quarter mile bracket racing. That's that's my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. But um, granted, uh, yeah, I mean the money was was nice too. But as soon as you throw in, you know, an invite only quarter mile race for for us, I mean, I'm I'm showing up whether it's for a bag of peanuts <laughs> or for a million dollars. But right. um, no, it definitely made a big difference. I mean, it was. Man, you can tell a lot of people showed up for it. Um, man, the only thing I I think probably was it was a little too soon in the year because, you know, a lot of these people, um, it's not like we're all, you know, KB Racing or Don Schumacher or, you know, Alan Johnson where, you know, we all have, you know, we make our own parts almost. Uh, right. I mean, you got a lot right. of people still waiting on rods, pistons, you know, whatever it is they're waiting on lifters valve springs i mean they're waiting on a bunch of stuff so i feel like they they probably could have filled the field a little bit more had they waited a little bit further in the year granted i know it's not their fault or their problem but um no i mean i think it was i mean it was probably one of the coolest things you could do for for these classes for sure well, I I don't think this is really a bold prediction. I think this is just what's going to happen. I think next year people are going to go, okay, it's coming, especially they'll probably announce it, you know, much sooner than year, like it's going to happen. Yeah. And now that people have seen it and they go, oh, okay, that's going to be on the, the radar, I, I think that's going to be 40 cars next year, and I think the bump is going to be – you know, uh, closer to something we'd see at the U S nationals as opposed to you know, right. just an all run field, which is, it was fine. I mean, we had good cars there and all that stuff, but it wasn't a bump spot. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's going to no, happen two years in a row. No, no. 
my thing is, uh, uh, you know, I think with the money being there, I feel like even if they opened the, the field up, I don't think they would have gotten many more people just because of how early in the year it was. I mean, yeah. we haven't even ran a division race yet. Um, uh, they got Orlando going on now, but besides that, I mean, they haven't ran anything yet. We're probably some of the only people that have even been racing this year. Um, right. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, people would probably start uh, getting more parts a little sooner if they knew about it sooner. But, I mean, either way, it's it's like 12 weeks on cranks and, right. and rods. And, I mean, you got to wait forever on this stuff. I mean, it took us almost a year to get a new block, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, billet blocks about a year ish. Right. Um, I'm I'm sure the sheik can probably get them faster, but he only owns the whole country. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wonder why he gets them sooner. Um, you know, yes, when you plant bushes in people's yards, you don't get them as fast. <laughs> well, uh, it's a that's a great point. That's a really great point, Darian. Um, but I I'm with you. I think you know people will make it happen next year just because now they Certainly. they know it's a it's a known quantity it's not a a guess right and it was it was a fantastic oh event. yeah um well, all yeah, right it was a good time it was definitely a good fans race for sure um i mean it was definitely a race put on you know by the pros for the pros um but no i mean i think it was definitely a good time if you were there to you know watch and all that stuff um I mean, if they had another one there, I'd, I'd probably go back if there was nothing else going on that weekend, you know, national event related or anything. But Sure, yeah. Um, hey, you know, I mean, racing's racing. Like I said, I'll show up for a bag of peanuts or for a million dollars. I don't really care. Well, that was going to be my next question. I, if I know you, you probably just took that the money and just went right to your engine builder or chassis builder or something and said, come on, let's uh, let's get more parts. Is that, oh, yeah. is that accurate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, so so pretty much. I made it back home from Bradenton Sunday. My engine builder heard I got a check. He called me and said, "What check?" <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "Well, it's a good thing I have a few things ready for you." I went over there and he said, "You just hand that over to me, son." Right. And uh, so so if you see him rocking a new Rolex or you know get a boat or something, <laughs> it's probably where it came from. Uh, but yeah, so we uh. It didn't last super long. I mean, we still got some some left, obviously, but it's uh, you know, it didn't take me too far. Not in these these uh day and age where everything is like about double the price of what it was. Man, no doubt. Yeah, if if uh, your engine builder buys a boat and names it uh, MKD, then we'll know exactly what happened, right? And I better have a share in that deal. I'll tell you that right now. If I don't have my share in a boat in the summer, uh, race engine development's going down with me. That's right. That's right. No, that's uh, that's good. So tell us a little bit about uh, what your schedule looks like this year. I know, uh, I know you're going to do. It sounds like you're going to do a little more bracket racing than what you've done in the past. Yeah. But, uh, so tell us, tell us a little bit what, what's on the plan. So uh, plan this year. So so. Really, like you said, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a little bit more bracket racing this year. I just got a new car from Danny Nelson, a uh, bracket motor from Race Engine Development. It's got a little blower on top of it. Uh, well, it's little for, for me uh, with a single carburetor and should be, you know, 430s all the time pretty much. Uh, 
But uh, we're going to bracket race a little bit more this year. Some of the bigger races fall on top of nationals and divisionals. And obviously, you know me, I'll be going to every divisional and national I can find. Um, yep. uh, pretty much this year, we're going to be claiming Division Three again. Um, okay. And uh, the same kind of, you know, five nationals, eight divisionals. Uh, we're going to begin the year in Belrose at the division race and then go to the World Series of Pro Mod straight from there. And then from there, go straight to Gainesville for the national. And then uh, pretty much, I believe I have off for a week or two. And then I go to the Great American, uh, oh, God, whatever race Britain Galen are putting on in uh, Mississippi over there. I think it's the Hunter Grander or something like that. Um, So uh, we got that. And then pretty much the rest of the year is pretty much you have a track and a race, and I will show up. So. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, well, um, I appreciate you making time uh, again to come on with us and uh, always appreciate our conversations, Darian. And congrats because that was just a, a, quite a performance you put on last weekend. So nicely done. And, I appreciate and, it. And go get them the rest of the year. We're, we're rooting like crazy for you. You know we are. Oh, I appreciate it. We're going to try our best. And, uh, man, we just – I mean, we're out just – uh, trying to have a good time, trying to have fun. And, you know, I mean, winning is fun, but, I mean, going down the track is funner. So <laughs> we're just trying to have a good year, you know, enjoy everybody, have a good time with our friends. And, um, you know, just, man, just go out there and try to win a couple, you know. I like it. Guys, girls, that was a great Darian Bosch if you need him. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high-horsepower legal needs, get with Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com. And J.P. Miller, the greatest top sportsman event of the year so far, and maybe, I mean, it's going to be arguably of the year, happened down in Bradenton, Florida, the Pro Superstar Shootout presented by Johnson's Horsepower Garage. We had 28 top sportsman cars. And they were all really, really uh, fantastic. They put on a heck of a show. I mean, really put on a heck of a show. We had 28 cars try to qualify. They all rode a trek for $1,500 U.S. dollars to try to win 50 stacks. 22 of those cars qualified in the sixes. And your top spot was Jackie Bennett going 616 at 217 miles an hour. It was an absolute show. And I will tell you this, I don't, you know, we don't have official numbers, I guess, but my understanding, it is the most live fans to ever watch a first round of top sportsman event. It was really good. There were 10,000 plus people watching in the stands and on the fence line. It was very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Great show. And, um, a lot of heavy hitters on the property for that 50 grand. Um, that field was packed full of former world champions world champions divisional champions uh and it was a lot of hitters down there um i think the semifinals were all past world champions um so if you came out on top of that deal you 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 definitely did something and you earned that 50 large this weekend 
There's no doubt. And I've said this for a long time. I've said the only flaw, with, especially on the NHRA side, with presenting a national champion in you know a lot of these sportsman classes, specifically top sportsmen, top dragsters, they don't get to run each other in the heat of the moment, you know, at the at the final event to decide who the champion is. And this is exactly what happened. Your your semifinalists were all four former NHRA world champions, and that's exactly what happened. Those four duked it out. I mean, so you could not ask for better. I mean, you had Darian Bosch, Jimmy Lewis. Uh, Sandy Wilkins and um, Brandon Miller in the finals. They were they were all ready to roll, and that was an unbelievable event that those guys all matched up in the semifinals. Very very cool. I mean, it was and it was under the lights, and you know Saturday night, and it was just super cool. I know you watched it from home. Did did it look as cool at home as it did on the at at the track? It looked pretty cool. It, I'm sure it was ten times better there live, because um, you know drag racing is always better live. But for the most part, the stream was really, really good. Uh, uh, if I had to make any kind of maybe suggestions, is maybe like not cut to the chip draw in the middle of a round of top sportsman. But other than that, um, you know, other than that, no, nah, I give it a, I give it a A, because yeah. it was, it was a very well put together event yeah i know there were some complaints with the flow uh broadcast but they you know that is the first time they'll figure it out is what i understand and i believe so uh what i'm gonna do right now is give everybody a little bit of rundown on the 28 people that showed up because those guys deserve some real credit first of all jackie bennett going number one 616 and did it all four qualifying rounds uh except in the first round ended up in the sand trap so hopefully no major damage there and uh he gets back and rolling darian bosch number two qualifier 619 ultimately wins the event fantastic racer going 230 all weekend long i mean high mile per hour low et great stuff jimmy lewis doing about the same thing uh he's the number three qualifier former world champion out of forney texas bob galitti um, run his 67 Shelby, a big killer down there. So Bob and Jimmy, uh, obviously no strangers to each other. Then the Firestones, Kyle Firestone and Alan Firestone. Um, goes, guys making the trip from Oklahoma. Both have fantastic race cars um, and, you know, really high-quality racers. And uh, Alan specifically has been doing it for a long time. Sandy Wilkins ends up in the semifinals. We uh, we know a lot about Sandy. You spend a lot of time with Sandy, JP, and, uh, you know, we know what type of racer he is. Oh, yeah, definitely definitely a good racer. It was no surprise to see him in the, in the finals. And, yeah, Sandy's my guy, man. So congratulations to him for making it to the finals. Um, and... Looks like he's coming back out and going to race a little bit more this year. So y'all been put on notice because the guy's <laughs> definitely a threat to win everywhere he goes. Right. John Benoit uh, maybe has the nicest top sportsman car on the planet right now in his 15 Corvette. It's uh, just a beautiful piece. Uh, Dylan Scott doing something very, very similar with his 02 Mustang. Does a lot of work uh, and helps the Division II, NHRA Division II folks there in his uh, stop Mustang uh, stable. Mark uh pain then we know uh, the house of pain 
Cavalier. We know that thing when it spools up, it's uh, it can win some plenty of rounds. Trent Wilson out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Mike Moorhead coming from Arkansas and his uh, 16 Camaro out of the Elite Stables. Been a, on the show before. A really great racer out of Arkansas. Mark Buring out of Texas and his 07 Cobalt. And then Bob Mandel Jr. in his 67 Chevy 2 put on an unbelievable show. JP, I'm going to tell you, every time Bob Mandel Jr. came up and that orange Chevy 2 was in the water box, do you know that my man did a 400-foot burnout? And then I think he has, I think he's got high gear in reverse because he did about a 50 mile an hour backup as well it was so cool <laughs> it was awesome I, see that's what i'm talking about right there that's that's what we need to do as top sportsmen and top jackson races we need to be doing the long smoky burnouts and you know getting the crowd into it and you know just putting on the show man well listen i'm not saying everybody should be doing a 400 foot burnout but Bob Mandel Jr. can because it went dead straight. That thing didn't wiggle. It didn't waggle. It didn't do a thing. And then he put it in reverse and went. So a lot of people can't do that. Bob Mandel is you know, a great chassis builder, all stuff. So I'm not saying everybody should, but Bob Mandel Jr. can. I'm saying everybody should. If you got <laughs> enough smoke under the hood to do it, then you should do it. Um, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. JP says everybody should. All right, fair enough. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I'm just saying what he did was spectacular, and I wish he would have went a few more rounds because uh, it, it was such a great show. So good for him, and uh, thank you, Bob, for doing that. Uh, Matt Buck um, was, was there. He qualified 15th. Chris Arnold um 16th mark miles in his 06 cobalt was 17 i think that's the old hollywood uh cobalt steve stockton and his 79 malibu uh, from uh, wisconsin and you don't see a lot of 79 malibus in top sportsman it, it looked a little wild but then you, you it was a really nice piece so i it, it was really cool to see something unusual out there yeah, 79 Malibu does not really check on the radar when you start th- talking about top sports. Right. But but that's the beauty of our class again, too, right? It doesn't have to be all do- the sleekest Camaros and all that stuff. So um, uh, Bradley Johnson made the trip from Colorado. Mark McDonald, a heck of a racer out of uh, southern Indiana, had engine problems early. That, was, that uh, wasn't good for him. He'll get it fixed. Um, Brandon Miller, um, also former world champion in the semifinals. He, he qualifies 21st. Brian Heath out of, uh, Texas, uh, Lance Abbott out of Texas as well, uh, qualified with a 704. And then I guess these are brothers, Juan Carlos Garcia and Jose Luis Garcia. I don't know if those are brothers or father and son. I'm, I'm not sure. They qualified from the, you know, 24th and 25th. They're from Orlando close. And then also Michael Scott from the Wright Trailers camp qualified uh, 26th. Andrew Johnson from the fastest neighborhood in the world, Cynthia, Kentucky. He had some engine problems. And then John Taylor qualified.
qualified number 28. So congrats to every one of those guys, and especially Darian Bosch for coming out on top. But it was a phenomenal show. Yeah, great show. And uh, like I said, congratulations to everybody who got down there and, and got to compete. And um, they put on a heck of a show. And that just goes to show what our classes can do when you, you know, put them on the big stage. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for a second and talk about something way out of the groove, but something that most of America paid attention to this last Sunday, the Super Bowl. And, I, you know, something I never, ever thought I would talk about on this show when I started it years ago, and I'm still a little bit surprised. I'm going to say, let's talk about Taylor Swift, JP. Let's talk about Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. Hey, Taylor Swift had a heck of a game on Sunday. Taylor Swift had 14 carries for 147 yards, two touchdowns, and she returned a punt 93 yards for a touchdown. So hats off to Taylor Swift for helping the Chiefs bring the Super Bowl home. Yeah. If you listen to that, the media, was, that didn't that's, happen. A, that's exactly what happened if you listen to the media. Yeah, she was, she was in team meetings all week. She suited up and then made the game-winning play. If you listen to the media, um, those of us that – you know, watch the game for just, well, I mean, truthfully, it doesn't bother me at all. So don't, don't get on me like, oh, it bothers you that they, no, I don't care about Taylor Swift. And frankly, uh, it, she helped me because the Super Bowl party I was at was doing shots every time they showed her. So it ended up working out in my favor. Thank you very much. But it is wild to me that they spent so much time, uh, you know, focusing on somebody who wasn't in the, you know, in the game. That said, we can all learn a valuable lesson from the NFL, can't we, JP? Can we learn a valuable lesson about bringing another superstar into your sport to bring valuable eyeballs, which then create dollar signs? Yeah, they definitely capitalized all season long um, on her being at the games, and and you know they're milking it for all it's worth. And so, hats off to the NFL for you know recognizing what they had. I mean, it. Like it or not, she's very popular and has a big following. So, I mean, why not use it to your advantage? So it made me think of this. It did make me think of this. Who else is out there that we could set up with one of our drivers that would bring the ancillary eyeballs to our sport so we can capitalize just like the NFL did? Um, now, you have a teenage daughter, so you're probably a little closer to this than I am. Um, give me some names of some popular artists out there today that we could, you know, have an arranged. I mean, you know, we could have it. We could set up <laughs> a little bit. You know, we can go a little well, old school on this thing. Uh, see, I, I don't follow the pop music close enough to know who's married and who isn't. Um, I Yeah, I don't know who who's. Who's out there that's – Taylor Swift's obviously taken. Um, it's like, can we get – Can we get? I, is is there somebody named Dua Lipa? Like Dua Lipa, yeah, is, she's, yeah. is she a popular singer? She's popular. I don't know if she's single, but she's popular. But maybe uh, we could hook her up with somebody that uh, – I don't know. Maybe somebody who rides pro stock bike or something. I don't know. One of those yeah, guys. That's a good That's a good thing. See, I don't pay enough attention to – you know the the dating lives 
of all our drivers to know. So if you're listening and you know, like, hey, this person's single, this person, you know, is on the prowl, whatever. And then you also have some thought process about who could potentially be single in the, you know, if it's a musician or if it's, I don't know, I mean, an actor or actress or something like that, we can make that happen because I think that would help the cause and uh, and we should do it. Do you remember last year at the World Series of Pro, uh, we had a conversation about a show, a game show, basically around dating and drag racing. Oh, we did. Yeah, this would be the perfect. This would be the perfect opportunity for that. Yeah, you know what? We need to we need to go back to the drawing board and see if we can make that happen. Um, I think that would be actually pretty interesting from that standpoint. So, yeah, we'll 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 have to go back to that. But I think. What we need to do, because I'm just not plugged into it. If you're listening and you go, oh, yeah, this person's single. And I can, I mean, if it, it could be Dua Lipa, it could be like maybe Morgan Whalen for, you know, one of our female drivers. I I don't know. I just don't pay enough attention to people's personal lives in that manner because I don't care what they do behind closed doors for the most part. As long as they don't care what I do behind closed doors, I don't care what they do behind closed doors. And that's, that's my policy. Um, but if you know... You know, like, hey, listen, let's go old school. Let's, uh, you know, I mean, let's do some arranged, you know, not, maybe not marriages, but we can we can we'll do, do an some arranged marriages now. We can, I mean, listen, we know better than these young kids anyway, so I mean, that's probably good for them. We can do an arranged relationship. How about that? And then if it's marriage, <coughs> it turns into marriage. It's fine. That's all right. Um, all right. Yeah. So, but I think it was a good thing for the NFL. They made a lot of money on it. It could be a good thing for drag racing so if you're listening and you know help us out as we hit the mile per hour cone we got to talk about funny car friday night at the pro superstar shootout presented by johnson's horsepower garage and bob tasca the third who went absolutely ballistic put on a spacesuit and went 341 miles an hour to break the 340 mile barrier in the thousand foot uh world it was unbelievable jp um i mean so ab Right, Antron Brown runs 339 early in the week, and everybody lost their minds. And then Bob Brockmeyer comes out and says, "Hey, didn't we, we can't verify that there was something screwed up? It was probably 337, which is a very nice pass, but it was not 339." And everybody went, "Okay, all right, we get it." Then Bob Tasca goes 341 is in his Nitro Fish sponsored car, and. And then Bob Brockmeyer was called again, right? Because we need to verify this stuff. And he's like, absolutely. These incrementals were correct. And he verified it as a three, a verifiable 341 mile an hour pass. It was pretty good. I'm going to give you the incrementals here, JP, because it's just, it'll make you lose your mind. Um, how about your 60 foot? 0.866 seconds in a funny car. Then 2.228 seconds to the 330 and a 3.124 seconds at 290 miles an hour to the eighth mile. And then back during this thing, 341, 
going at miles an hour, and he runs a 384. It was impressive is not even the word. Yeah, big smoke out of the uh, out of the task of camp, man. Um, 341 miles an hour is just screaming. And, uh, you know, we all know that they can go much faster than that, but basically what, what holds them back and the reason why they pull them down is because of the tire. Um, I've, I think Goodyear has said the tire is good to 340, and I guess Bob – Tasker wanted to test that theory this weekend because he went 341. So imagine, yes, imagine yes what did. that thing would do to the quarter now, though. Rex, what do you think that? What do you think that would have translated into a quarter if they were still running quarter mile? I think he's easily got an extra 10 miles per hour in him. You know, obviously they tune it, um, and it, it might blow up before you get to three. You know, the quarter mile, I guess, with that tune up. But I, my guess is they could tune it up and let him go 352. I think he's got another 10 miles in him plus. So he's probably going 352. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to be hanging on at 352. I mean, like you can say you're driving it, but I'm not convinced you are driving it at 350 plus miles an hour. I don't think you're driving it at 300 anything miles an hour. I think <laughs> once you get into like 260, 270 above, I think you kind of just in there for the ride. But I mean, I could be wrong. I've never been that fast and I've, most likely will never go that fast, but um, it's definitely impressive. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but I mean, I know, you know, it's not practical to do that for safety reasons or whatever. It's, you know, dangerous enough as it is, so we don't want to get too carried away, but yeah, I just, I kind of miss the Nitro quarter mile racing. It's... Well, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with a thousand foot for, for all the safety reasons, and but I will say this: I, I was I thought it was really cool that he did it at night. I think we need more nitro at night racing. Um, I thought that was really cool because this was the fourth qualifier on Friday night before they went into eliminations on Saturday, and um, you know. But there was a discussion that kind of arose from that: is can those guys see out of that cockpit pit, and is it is it too dangerous for them to be driving at night, right? Because it's dangerous enough, and is it dangerous for them to be going at night? And it, uh, so it was brought up, and, and Ron Cap specifically said, no, nah, it didn't bother him at all, whether it was nighttime or daytime. Like, he was, he was pretty good with it either way. So, to me, it just goes to the point that we should be running more nitro at night, specifically if we can get the speeds, specifically if we can have the – the showmanship, all that stuff, I, I think it's worth it. But I, I'm okay with 1,000 foot, but I, I see where you're going. I see, I mean, I I think these guys will probably run consistently in the three-quarter range this year. If, if Tasca can figure it out, the rest of those guys are pretty sharp. They'll figure it out too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And um, I, I think it should be mandatory that, that you have at least two nighttime qualifying sessions out of your four sessions um, at, at a national event. That's just my take on that. I can't disagree with that at all because, uh, as you know, I've, I've said this before, the, the nighttime stuff is really, really cool. But congrats to Bob Tasca. We'll see. We will see who can catch him this year. I mean, I, I'm shocked that it wasn't a, you know, a top field dragster. It was a funny car that went 341, but uh, congrats to Bob Tasca. And let the chase begin, right? Let the chase begin for all the the fuel cars trying to get uh, and beat that mile per hour this year. Very, very cool stuff. On the count of three. One, 
Let's bring it back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it, JP. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 133. There it is. The wind light and the sweet sound of Gloria. So good. So good. And it's good because we had a good week. Right, we had a great episode. Um, we talked a lot about the pro superstar shootout in Bradenton down there, presented by Johnson's Horsepower Garage. We had a great guest on, Darian Bosch. He was unbelievable. Um, we had a lot to talk about. Taylor Swift, Bob Tasca. We had, you know, we had it all. We had it all this episode. Uh, appreciate uh, David Ferguson for weighing in. That was really good. And um, you know, next week. Next week, we'll talk about the World Series Pro Mod. We'll do that preview pretty heavily as well. Yeah, um, definitely another great episode in the books, and we got a lot more on tap. Um, so keep tuning in, keep listening, uh, keep keep sharing the show, keep commenting, keep giving us your suggestions, and, you know, we look, we like to hear all of it. So let us yeah. know what you think. Yeah, make comments, like as much, even if you don't have much to say, just go, hey, I like it, thumbs up, whatever. I mean, we don't know why. We just know that if you leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Facebook, it helps. We're not into the algorithms. We don't even know why, so you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But uh, help us out, make some comments, and uh, boost us up. All right. Uh, But that's it. We'll see you in two weeks. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down. And travel safe. episode of the fast brackets podcast is brought to you by winlight bets winlight bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth go to the winlight bets facebook page like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport drag racing